Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Rat Salad Review. It is uh, Thanksgiving Eve, and we are actually uh, turkey salad review tonight for the uh, big celebration for tomorrow. Yeah. You guys got any plans? Cooking and eating. Okay. Staying home? Yeah. Uh, Showing out. Man. What about you, Greg? Uh, going over my roommate's house. Sounds good. Making anything? Yeah. Well, her dad's house. Um, they are. I'm not. I'm just tagging along, and I'm good with that. <laughs> as long as they let you in the eat, right? Yeah, man. Free food. It's like the best holiday ever. <laughs> yeah, cool. Can't be that. All right. So, what, what about you? Me? I'm going to yeah. my father's. Yeah. Cool. I usually have it at my house, but um, this this year I said let's have, let my father take care of all the cooking and the uh, cleaning. So, Smart. Yeah. It's a little hard now because we got the kid, so it's yeah. <laughs> pain in the butt trying to get him here. Oh, 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 yeah. I tried to cook today. He was he wanted me to follow him, do everything he wanted to do. I'm like, let me just cook one thing. <laughs> but he's no, no dice. What's that? No dice when daddy's around. No, not at all. He he, yeah. he wants me to do everything. <laughs> But I, I actually got him to calm down today and let him listen to uh, Queen. Oh, yeah. Uh, he loves it. He loves um, We Will Rock You. And he loves, um, what the hell's the other song? Uh, Barcelona. <laughs> that's Barcelona. A too, that's a little too experienced for him yet. Uh, yeah, that's uh, another one by Sun Dust. Oh, yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, he liked that. He loved that one. He was on, I saw him on the couch. He's just bopping away. <laughs> <laughs> I've had those songs stuck in my head because I saw the movie uh, a couple days ago. How was it? Very, very good. I, I would definitely say go see it. Go see it in the movie theater too, because you know you got all the music, um, you know, blasting in your ears. So, so right. despite despite what the critics say, you you give it a two thumbs up. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've uh, been noticing that. Everybody I've known that has gone to see it has said thumbs up, but all the critics hate it. <laughs> they don't like it. The uh, the, uh, the this uh, the new Creed movie got really really positive reviews from the critics. Really, I want to see that one as well as Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, me too. Drago comes back. Yeah, Victor Victor Drago now. It's his son. Oh, yeah, I know, but but his dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he come, he's back too, and supposedly it's a little bit more, his character is a little bit more personal, you know, per, uh, personable. Like, you know, he's not like, a, he's not robotic like he was in Rocky IV, which right. makes it more interesting. Yeah. yeah. Look, looking forward to it. Yeah, the Queen movie was really good because uh, 
the, you know, he had the songs in there, but the actor, the, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but the guy who played Freddie Mercury, he was pretty accurate, you know? Even though I know that, um, I didn't really know, because I don't really know, like, the whole backstory of Queen, but um, I know a lot of the stuff isn't uh, in the right order, you know? That's what people say. But uh, even even with that, it's it's a good movie. Definitely a good movie. But uh, check it out. Talking about Rocky, I've never seen any Rocky movie. What? What? I've never seen a Rocky movie. Maybe bits and pieces, but that's, that's blasphemy. I know. That is blasphemy. What's Are you wrong? kidding me? No. Oh my goodness. Oh, how have you not seen the first one at least? At it's least the best one. picture. I might have saw it when I was little, but I don't remember it. I never watched it. I know all my friends at work make fun of me because they're talking about Creed, you know, going to see it. Yeah. Uh, they keep talking about all the Rocky movies, and I have no idea. <laughs> there's no, there's no point in seeing Creed unless you see right. either of the Creeds, uh, unless you see the Rocky movies, right? And you understand the growth of the character, you know, the rise and fall of the character, right. the, you know, the pain and hardships that he's experienced, mm-hmm. both as, you know, both as a boxer and as a trainer. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's just, it's a great story. I mean, I, I read that uh, Sylvester Stallone may be nominated for this, for this, for this particular uh, Creed too. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah? Yeah, really. He spoke, supposedly everybody did a great, fantastic job. It was spot on. It got nine out of 10 stars. Wow. So I'm looking forward to seeing it, but you really have to see them. <laughs> you got to yeah, see I, the Rocky movies. I, I yeah. Maybe when my son gets a little older, I'll start watching them with him. This way he don't get picked on like me. <laughs> Should watch one tonight. Uh, about time we get done doing this, and then uh, God knows what my wife wants me to do. I don't. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> I watch it tomorrow, but she wants to watch the damn parade. Mm. Uh, I hate watching the parade. That's boring. You know, I want to play games. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, watch a movie or something. Yeah. So, all right. What's on the plate for today, Greg? Uh, we're going to talk about Bewitchers only album so far. They're self-titled uh, from 2016. Heaven. Album. What's that? Album of the week. Oof, I just put it up on the screen. Cool. Nice. Uh, well, little, uh, better picture than yours. Yours got a uh, light. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't stop that. Anyway. <laughs> um,. Really good band. They're from Portland, Oregon. They formed in 2013. That's about all I know for uh, their history. But uh, they call themselves Satanic Speed Metal. It's metal at the speed of Satan, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Huh? I'm thinking, I'm talking to myself. Go ahead. Uh, totally old school. But uh, apparently there's a whole scene around it in Portland. I haven't gotten into many of the other bands, but uh, this is just excellent, man. It's uh, old school speed metal. It sounds like uh, Diamond Head got Kronos to sing for them, or they started playing like Venom. Right. You know, it sounds super old school, but uh, I wasn't able to find, like I said, too much information, but I did find uh, their manifesto statement that I was planning on reading. Did you guys see this? Where is it? Uh, it's on their website. Okay, because I saw something on Amazon. I'm trying to find it right now. I meant to get this up before. And it was pretty funny. But then after I read it, I said, that's pretty accurate. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, here it is. The Bewitcher Manifesto. Rock and roll is the devil's music. And heavy metal is its bastard child. 
in the 1980s, the radical fundamentalist Christian right wing. Uh, Sounds in like a, to, uh, uh, 18. <laughs> right in America, uh, waged war against this music, bringing its practitioners and its unholy muse to the forefront of the public consciousness. It's written in this old English script. It's hard to read, man. I need new glasses. But... Oh, yeah. It actually, the same yeah. on Amazon. That, that's, you're reading what I want to read, yeah. Oh, cool, yeah. Over a quarter century later, the devil's rock and roll is still alive and well. But the war is far from over. In the year of 13 of Satan's third millennium, a new force rises to defend the ways of old. Bewitcher is the ancient black flame of magic, mayhem, freedom, and liberation, burning in blatant opposition to the laughable norms of this modern age. Instead, they look to that bygone era, before its pollution by crybaby emo kids, when heavy metal and all its glory truly represented the tenets it was founded upon. May your children be corrupted, may your foundations be shaken, may your mundane existences be forever altered. For this spell cannot be broken. Fall and obey and beware the curse of the witcher. <laughs> That's uh, pretty accurate. Yeah. Pretty rad, man. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, what do you think about the album, uh, Greg? I know you love it because you've been wanting to do this for the last two, three months. Oh, yeah. I love it, man. This is uh, probably my favorite album I've come across outside of a uh, something i already knew about like voivod in the past five years i mean this is just heavy and it's great i mean the riffs on it are amazing uh the vocals sound great uh, you can even sing along to some of the courses it's got that really old school new waiver british british heavy metal feel to it you know i love old style heavy metal <laughs> yeah no this definitely has old school and uh Vocals, I'm not too. I wasn't too crazy about at first, but um, they go along with the music. You know? Yeah, it wouldn't sound good with another vocalist or any kind of other style. But um, yeah, it's definitely if you like Venom, it's definitely it's definitely what Venom should have sounded like when they first started. You know what I wish they would have sounded like because they could actually these guys can actually play their instruments. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I meant when I said it sounded like. Uh, Venom got Diamond Head as their backing band because somebody's actually playing competent riffs and uh, can keep time on the drums. Mm -hmm. Venom definitely did not have that in the early days, although I love Venom. <laughs> I also hear a little, uh, maybe a little Motorhead in there too, no? Oh, totally some Motorhead, yeah. Got that real punky feel to it. Yeah, but I, I like this whole album actually, Greg. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. killer. I did. It was one song wasn't too crazy about. Uh, I think it was Hot Nights, Red Lights. Really? Okay. But that was that's one of my favorites, actually. Oh. I could be wrong because I didn't write this down, but I'm pretty sure that was the one. What was the one where he screams like "Oh, uh, oh no" or something in the middle of it? Is that that one? Yeah, I think that is Hot Nights, Red yeah, Lights. But otherwise, I, I love this album. It's pretty cool. I'm gonna have to actually buy it. Yeah, you can get it from their website. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, their website is cultofthebewitcher.com. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, Bandcamp too, but uh, it's only the digital version. For $6.66. Oh, that's a great deal. Can't beat it. Yeah. 
No. Yeah, man, I've got a poster. I bought a uh, patch from them and put it on my jacket. I mean, I was just so excited by this. It's a great album. It came out of nowhere for me. It was a pleasant uh, discovery. Yeah. Well, all right. So, what do you think, Troy? <laughs> well, um, I do have to say, uh, I agree on a lot of both of what you say. Uh, it's a good album. I enjoy it. I enjoyed it. I do think that a lot of the songs, they kind of like sound alike. Um, yes, I was going to mention that. Sound alike. You couldn't, um, break, uh, you couldn't tell which was what song, kind of. Right. I listened to the f- half, half of the album multiple times, and to me, a lot of them sound very, very similar right. songs. Uh, I agree with Wayne on Hot Nights, Red Lights. I didn't like that song so much. I also wasn't un- t- entirely crazy about the last song, In the Night. I wasn't really entirely, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't really entirely crazy about that. But the first, like, four or five songs, pretty good, very good. Um, yeah, to me, the, the vocalist sounds like, like, what Lemmy, Le, what Lemmy from Motorhead would sound like if he was trying to sing, almost sing like death metal, like, a de- like a, being a death metal band. That's yeah. just, that's what I got. I, I definitely got the Diamond Head slash Motorhead musical, um, you know, musical backing, but also, to me, I hear some metallic in there too. I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, no, maybe, yeah. maybe because it's a little bit more modernized to a degree, because it definitely has an old school sound to it. Um, yeah, but um, I agree, Troy, and I was going to mention that about some of the riffs, and that was another thing I liked a lot about this because uh, I lo- prefer Megadeth, but I love Kill 'Em All. Such a great record. And a lot of uh, this Bewitcher album to me sounds like a uh, a logical extension on yep. Kill 'Em All, but yep. f- further in a speed metal direction instead of oh, definitely, yeah. And I I really like that about it. I mean, it it's really old school, but it's got a little bit of the second wave too. Definitely, definitely good stuff. Um, I, not only I played it at home, but I also brought it to work. I'll, I'll do that, and uh, I'll have two guys that, that I work with. They're not totally into metal, really, but they, uh, they were like, you know, they were bopping their heads and, you know, tapping their feet. They, they, they dug it, too. So uh, I also like to see what, you know, other people that, that might not even like the music, what they would think. And, um, you know, like I, I, I try to figure out, like, does it have, like, potential? you know, by, by, by doing that. And as well as I just thought that the whole entire, um, you know, the record overall, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Would I, would I buy it? I, I don't know. Um, if people that like that style of music, you know, they were, you know, into like a, maybe a more modernized sounding motorhead. Um, you know, there's definitely like, uh, also I hear like punk roots to it. Um, yeah, that's definitely, you know, I would recommend it because then they would really enjoy it much more than I would. But but me not liking that style of metal, I still enjoyed it. And I would definitely listen to it again. Cool. It's funny you mentioned uh, bringing, letting people at work listen to it because uh, I always listen to music at work. I have my speaker with me all the time. And, uh, you know, we're all kind of close to each other. I always put something on. And every time it's like, what the hell is this crap? Turn the shit off. Put something we'd like on. It's pretty funny. Yeah, we get that. I get that too. Yeah. So, like the other day, I was listening to uh, Bonfire. I don't know if anybody, any, any of you have heard of them. 
I heard, uh, I heard of them. I don't know their. I don't know them. First time I actually heard them. I because all this, you know, the stuff, the, the promo stuff that I've been sending you guys. It's in. It's in with that. And uh, I just happened to download it because it was actually a covers album. And actually, <laughs> very good covers of like um, uh, Journey, Deep Purple. Um, they actually did Gravedigger. It was a very, very weird thing. But they're actually doing a tour right now with all their you know, friends from those bands that they're covering the songs from. And that, they did a really good job on a lot of those songs. I actually did a review on them. A pages thing. But uh, what the hell was the Oh, so yeah, I played that at work and, and everybody was loving it. You know, probably because it was all cover songs, you know. Yeah. But still, you know, it was finally it was something that they liked, you know. So that was kind of cool. I'm guessing they didn't like Bewitcher. Uh, they heard one Bewitcher song and they're like, <laughs> yeah, what the hell is this shit? Turn, Turn it off. off. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's too I, my, one of my old uh, assistant managers that I used to work with, Donna, I was uh, sitting in the office and uh, getting the drawers and shit ready one morning. And I'd been listening to Napalm Death, but I changed the CD and the second one hadn't started yet. So she walked into the room and then the first song on Harmony Corruption kicks on. She went, <laughs> and dropped her purse. What the fuck was that? That was funny. <laughs> I don't care who you are. That's funny. <laughs> it's also funny too when you're like playing something and you know somebody doesn't like it and you just keep playing it just to piss them off. Oh yeah. That's fun too. Yeah. Cause I get the one girl that works behind me, <clears throat> she's Spanish, so she hates metal. She don't want nothing to do it. She's very religious too, so she don't like anything. Oh. So sometimes I I try to find things that are like pretty bad, and uh, Slayer, yeah, like anything, anything just to see what what her what she'll do. You should play her oh, Satan's Fall. Oh boy, uh, maybe that's not nah, nobody's gonna like that. Do it, do it. <clears throat> All right, I'll do it. Just yeah. because I'll do it. I'll do it on Monday. Cool. Back on Monday. <laughs> Perfect way to start off the Christmas season. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All right. It's time. Are we done with this now? But, uh, yep. Yeah. Witcher, everybody, you should go out and buy it, especially if you like old school metal. Yeah, it's on Amazon, their website, and all that stuff. Yep. Facebook. Go buy it. Don't listen to Troy. Yep. Really cool guys, too, by the way. Oh, that was the last thing I was going to say. Hot Nights, Red Lights. I was just thinking about this. Uh, First time I ever heard that song, uh, you know, I saw them live. They were just some random live show I went to. I had never heard of them before and uh, was very pleasantly surprised, obviously. And uh, hung out with the guys, real cool guys, real personal, just awesome people. Awesome music, but that song sounds great in a live setting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what else I liked about this album too was the uh, intro. Oh it's yeah, kind of like an old '80s horror movie intro thing. That's kind of cool. You know what it reminded me of? Um, that uh, like some soundtracks to Italian '80s horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like, like a Dario Argento movie. Argento movie, yeah. To yeah. remind me of. Very cool. So uh, hopefully, maybe you can get them on the show one day, Greg. Yeah, I'm going to keep trying. That'd be pretty cool. I'm going to link them to this, so <laughs> hopefully they'll want to come on and talk about it. Yeah, I, t- I tagged them in it, so we'll see what happens. Killer. Oh, 
before we get to the other thing, though, so Raven is out on tour right now, and it was amazing. They're playing a great set list, uh, mostly classics, a couple songs from Extermination, really badass. They have a new drummer, Mike Heller. That's uh, awesome. I like him a lot. Uh, he's got a great technique. And uh, you should catch them if they come to your town. No, I'm going. Whatever. I want to see I'll, I'll, I'll go if Wacko jo- rejoins. Ah, uh, this dude's better than Wacko, man. Come on, Wacko. Oh, I know. Come on. I know. It'll never Who happen. Who love Wacko? I love Wacko. I, I just, I can, this guy's a great drummer, so I still enjoyed it. Here's another one. I, I've never really listened to Raven. No? no. Is, in my opinion, in any song, because Greg could, Greg could tell you a whole bunch of different songs, yeah. listen to On and On. That's my favorite song. Yeah, I remember you said it the other day. You have to look Very anthemic-like. Yeah. Yep. On and On. So you got that song right? Yeah, I did. Very cool. Now, did you yeah. let people that's not on that album sign it? Yes. You... You let them sign like a napkin or something. You don't let them sign the album. Oh. You gotta support the band, <laughs> not man. Do with that album. You, can't you gotta support that. the band, man. He's playing the songs on stage and he's doing a good job of it, and he's <laughs> out there keeping it alive. You know. That's why you bring two albums. You bring that one, and then you bring the new one, and you have mm-hmm. those new people sign that. Well, that's also a repress. You know, it's not like it's the original press. It's still not on it. Now you just—that's worthless now. Yeah, your logic is flawless, but uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, Wiped Out is a great record, though. Um, that'd be a good place to start. Faster Than the Speed of Light, the song that starts off with, is just amazing. All right, send me some stuff from the uh, messages. Okay. I'll listen to it. Yeah. Oh, and oh, oh, this is going to pick. What? Come on, really? This is going <laughs> to piss Wayne off, and that's why I'm mentioning this. I had him sign this, too, and this is a first press from the 80s. Oh, you ruined it. You better hope they're not watching the original guys. They're going to be pissed. I still like Wacko, but, you know, he hasn't toured with Raven since 1984, so. Are they still a three-piece? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, that was uh, so cool watching John Gallagher and Mark uh, up there playing with each other, man. They're a great brother team. Uh, John Gallagher is such an awesome bass player. It was in a small club, too, like 50 people, so I was right in front of them the whole time. That's cool. And uh, the middle band had to drop out, so they got to play two extra songs, too. How was the opening bands? They were great, actually. Um, the opening band is this new thrash band called Hex Vortices, H-E-X-X-V-O-R-T-I-C-E-S. And um, I'm not really sure who else is in the band because I'm not that familiar with the Minneapolis metal scene in and out yet. But uh, Tom Croxton, the drummer, was Impaler's drummer for many years. Very cool. and, uh, that's his new outfit, and uh, they were great live. They got to throw in a couple new songs, too, and uh, cool band. I think you'd like them a lot, Wayne, actually. Send me uh, send me some stuff out here. I'll listen. 
Okay. Well, I have to see if I can find it uh, online somewhere because they didn't have anything at the show last night. Really? Yeah. That's weird. How do you do a show and not have anything? Unless they don't have anything. Well, I mean, they had merch, but I don't think they have anything recorded yet. Oh, all right. Yeah. That's understandable. All right. Album versus album? Yeah, sure. Uh Uh-oh. Album versus album. Metallica versus Megadeth. Master of Puppets versus Rust in Peace. This was Troy's pick. Yeah. Yep. Started a war. (laughs) I don't really think of it as a war. Not a war. Well, maybe not yet. All right. Well, which one do we want to talk about first? You can want to go song by song, like first song, second, you know, on each album. No, you just that would be fair. That wouldn't be fair. Yes, it would. Yeah. Song by song doesn't really work that way. I mean, they're both landmark albums, but the Rust in Peace is a different point in the evolution of that sound than Master of Puppets is. That doesn't really compare fairly, I don't think. You have to do an overall. I I just believe that if you listen to Rust in Peace, that's more it would be appreciated more by musicians than as as i said as the average joe so the people that just you know just like music they might not as appreciate it as much as metallica master of puppets because master of puppets have more memorable hooks especially vocally uh there's just and even guitar lines i mean not not to say i mean me personally i like I like Megadeth better as a band. Right. Uh, I just always thought that, you know, their guitar solos were tastier, uh, more intricate, uh, made you think. They they just they just really put out fantastic music over the years, uh, and then also not so fantastic music as well. Right. But uh, same goes for Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, but honestly. I truly believe that Megadeth over the years, they've always come back to a particular point where um, they showed that they still understand where they came from, the roots. And that has a lot to do with Mustaine controlling the whole ship. But Metallica, once they hit the Black Album and continue onward, there's no turning back. I mean, that, that's just, that was the path they went down, you know, they Metallica was just this this hungry bunch of you know a bunch of kids that just they they just they played what they played what they felt right. they played from the heart and they also had fantastic songwriting some of which is argued that Mustaine had some some involvement as well up uh, even up until that record right. there is there's debates over that but I'm not even going to say that we'll just say that. They had Cliff Burton. <laughs> Megadeth did not have Cliff Burton, so that is a big thing. But you know, once Cliff Burton had gone, you know, they kind of coasted uh, the next what the next record, yeah. right? With uh, what was the next record? Injustice for All. Yeah. And even though with Jason Newstead, 
uh, hailing from Flotsam and Jetsam, he was non-existent. And that was done purposely, as we, as you can see, different interviews with the, uh, you know, the engineer and producer of, of, of that record. Mm. I, I just think that no, no matter what Metallica will ever do, they can't hold the flame to what they've done on the first, at least the first three records. Right. And uh, Megadeth can. Megadeth can come back. And it's, it's not even the original members, all of them. It's just two of them, you know. But once, and the reason why I said Rust in Peace versus Master of Puppets, because Rust in Peace was the first time that Megadeth really had their act together. Mm -hmm. They had their act together. They were focused. They were like this well-oiled machine with, with the addition of Nick Menza and Marty Friedman, right? Because... They had Jeff Young and, and the other drummer, I forget his name, on uh, So Far, So Good, So What? Yes. And it was kind of like... Completely. Yeah, that's it, right. It, it was, it's different. It's a different vibe. Yes, there's some good songs on it, but it was like, you know, Peace Cells was up here, and then it kind of dipped down, and then it, yeah. it, it went up. Um, if you wanted to, you know, say Peace Cells against that, that still wouldn't be accurate because I think Megadeth was still just you know, just evolving and trying to, to really focus in on the direction that they were going. And they found it with Rust in Peace. Yeah. And the same thing with Metallica. Metallica started that with Ride the Lightning, right? Because Ride the Lightning, from, from Kill em All to Ride the Lightning, that was a drastic change yeah. in sound and in direction. Yeah. Uh, it was... It was ballads and stuff. And yep, it was definitely a, 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 definitely a, a move in a positive direction and Master of Puppets refined that and solidified that and really propelled them into a different stratosphere. And that's why I said that record versus the other record. But when you look at them and you break them apart, you look at song by song, Metallica is going to win because Metallica has the better, the better catch, the catchier hooks that most people are, you know, that will remember and that, that they're memorable. And, you know, I mean, how many people will remember, you know, uh, you know, like a song like Holy Wars, except for the last Holy Wars, except for that, you know? I mean, right. it, the, the lyrics were definitely, I think, more geared with Metallica for people to really, like, remember it and uh, appreciate it and just a little bit more than Megadeth. But I still think that that record, Rust in Peace, is definitely one of their top records, and uh, Metallica, the same with them. Metallica, hands down, I think they, they beat Megadeth overall with that record. Mm -hmm. But uh, as a band, I think Megadeth's a, better, a much better band. And they have more longevity than Metallica. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. Even today, even though like everybody went crazy for the hardwired, right? Hardwired record, mm -hmm. boom, everybody's crazy. I'm listening to it. I'm like, they, they can't recapture what they had. Right. They had that hunger. You know what? Well, having millions and millions of dollars, it's really hard to have that hunger. You know, it's, it's just hard to have that. And they lost that hunger. Yeah, you can tell it's, it's forced, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mustaine and, the, and Megadeth, when Peace Sells, they had that hunger. And, and the first record, they had their hunger. Rust in Peace, they refined it in a way that they said, you know what? We're a better band. Yeah. And they, they refined it where they weren't selling out. They, weren't, they were just playing really good metal, and they had great hooks. Uh, the guitar hooks are 
probably even more memorable than some of the vocal lines, you know. But, they, they, but overall, they continued pretty much on a path. Yes, yeah, sometimes they played a little bit more commercial, but always coming back to their roots. Metallica did the others. They just, they just did a nosedive. And then, then all of a sudden, you know, with, with Death Magnetic, I was like, I, listen, I bought it. I listened to it. I'm like, ah, this isn't for me. I listened to it maybe two or three times. I said, there's nothing memorable. There's nothing catchy. Really? I didn't like it. I didn't I like, like it. I like half the album. You do? Yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. It's definitely better than some of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people argue St. Anger is, is such a horrible record. Um, I, don't, I like it. I like St. Anger. And you know why I like it? Not because it's metallic, but because I just like it. Yes. The, it's, the, different, right? it's different. And the snare sound is garbage. Right. What was that? It's not their usual sound, you know? No, but I like the songs. They're catchy and they're memorable. And it was okay, but the snare sound was garbage. Yeah. You know, Bob Rock playing on it. Get, get out of here. Like, I would have smacked it. I would have said, get out. I'm not playing anything if this guy's playing. This guy's, a, you know. <laughs> he should do what his, what his job is. His job is to produce. Right. That's what he should do. Yeah. And you know what? I enjoyed that record, but a lot of most people didn't. But moving on. You know, they, they really, I don't know. There's nothing that actually had moved me. And then when Hardwired came out, oh, people are grieving it. It's the best record of the year, blah, blah, blah. And what was that, 2016? Yeah, something like that. I, I was like, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I use the phrase, I'm Metallica'd out. <laughs> like, I, I don't care anymore. Like, and, and that's one of the bands, you know, them, Iron Maiden, Priest. So these are some of the bands when, back in the day, when they first started out, I lived to listen to them. Yeah. But you always enough. waited for their album to come out, you know? You exactly. You held them up to, like, the highest standards of, uh, you know, metal. Exactly. So now you have, you know, I mean, I was listening to Ride the Lightning when nobody really knew, you know, like, in my school and my friends and whatnot, they didn't know who Metallica was. Right. You know, they really didn't know who Metallica was. And I learned that from my cousin because my cousin followed Metallica and he used to take pictures of them and whatnot, but... I tell you, I was so happy when Master of Puppets came out. It just, it was life-changing. Mm. Rust in Peace was not life-changing for me. Uh, Peace Cells was. Peace Cells would have this raw energy, and it was just lo- this raw, unbridled energy that was just like a you know, galloping stampede of horses that were going to ready to trample you. But Rust in Peace was more, a little bit more refined and had a direction and goal. And it was just such a great album, the way they orchestrated it, uh, definitely one of their tops. Yeah, they they got the right players. They got Nick Menza and Marty Friedman. I mean, you could you couldn't get no better musicians than that at the time. You know? No, no, they were top, well, top dogs. I personally, I love what they did, and I love them as musicians. Personally, I would take Gare Samuelson and Chris Bowen from the first two records. Yeah, of course, but it's a little late now. Well, yeah. Well, Gar uh, oh, Samuelson died, and uh, Chris Pollan still plays. I think he even played with King Diamond for a while, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he did mm-hmm. one of the Megadeth albums, one of the later ones. Uh, yeah, he oh, was yeah, he on did, the yeah. System Has Failed. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. And then uh, he did a solo metal album of his own, uh, but he he pretty much strictly just plays jazz fusion now. Which what he does is great, but if you're not in the jazz fusion, you're not gonna really care. Although. He did bring some of that with him into Megadeth, and that was one of the things I think that makes those first two albums so unique. Yeah, that's what made them yeah. stand out because everybody was different. You know, 
I got to stop. Yeah. You know, I, I listened to last week's uh, show and I, I kept hearing myself, you know, you know, you know, I got to stop. stop. <laughs> Well, I, I'll tell you something that you don't know. I actually, well, because I'm so much older than you guys, yeah, yeah. I actually got to witness the P-Cells tour, and it was something else. It was just out of this world. I mean, was it, it was just a club tour. It was a club tour, but packed. Was packed it anything up. like the video? Yeah, everything like the video. It was just insane. Really? I have a... I have a bootleg video of a show from Detroit, and it's exactly like you described. I mean, sinks would get ripped out of the walls, toilets ripped out of the ripped out of the ground. I mean, it was just it was just mayhem. Uh, two shows I seen at a club Sundance. It was the the club to go to on Long Island. Uh, more towards the city, the club was called Lemoore's. So obviously, a lot of people have heard of that. And in Queens, it was Lemoore East. Um, Lemoore's and, and Sundance lasted the longest. Lemoore East closed down first, uh, then Sundance, then Lemoore's. But uh, in the heyday, Sundance, if there was a heavy metal band playing in a you know medium-sized capacity, they would play Sundance. And two shows that I remember that were just, I'll never forget them. It was Anthrax during Among the Living, because it was around the same time period, and Peace Cells. And the place, they trashed the place. place went just bonkers for both shows. But Megadeth was just, it was, it's different. It was a different type of vibe. Uh, Anthrax was more hardcore vibe. Um, you know, so it, the Megadeth show was just fantastic. But then after that, it was pretty much, it was arenas, right? They played, you know, like, like coliseums and stuff like that. Arena shows after that. So I was really, I'm really uh, lucky and appreciative that I was able to see them perform in a club circuit, which is fantastic. So. Awesome. Yeah, I only saw them a few years ago when they put out the uh, Death Magnetic album. That's the first and last time I'll see, uh, oh no, not Megadeth, uh, Metallica. Oh, you saw Metallica then? Yeah, I never saw Megadeth. You never saw Megadeth? No. Okay. No. I have a few times. I had a couple like live uh, CDs of theirs. I didn't care for his vocals live, you know. Sometimes uh, I gotta like the band. He, he's he's a moaner. Yeah. Ah, he's a, he, he he just like moans, you know. But you know he's unique. Yeah. He's definitely unique. You're going there to see the band, really, you know. Yeah, I care more about the guitars than I do his vocals. Right. So. Yeah. Hey, Greg, didn't you say you had a Dave Mustaine impersonation? Oh yeah, that's right. Ah, I remembered. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, we're not gonna do that. Come on, do it. You Come know. on. Okay, look, album for album, we'll do impersonation versus impersonation because I could do him too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but you go first. <laughs> I think we have people watching on YouTube Live. So, uh, oh Lord, really? Oh, thanks a lot, Wayne. <laughs> There's one person. That might be me. <laughs> we had people though. <laughs> Sales, but who's buying? Yeah, I can't really do it anymore. <laughs> put you on the spot. Oh, can, I gotta go now. I gotta can go now. you put a price on peace? That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, Troy. I gotta go. Okay, which one should I do? Uh, hmm. Brother will kill brother. 
Yeah, but he's more like he's more like killing for religion. Something I don't understand. Something I don't understand. Yeah, you got to get more gritty. But he does do the whining. They come from far in there. (laughs) Yeah. And then he jumps back into chilling for religion. Something I don't understand. And then he moans on the neck. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> he does the moaning, and then he goes, something I don't understand. Yep, yeah, yep. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to actually both of the albums yesterday, just to get a refresher, because I haven't listened to them in years, you know. I didn't get into metal until like 91, so... Um, Oh, the, wow. black album, the black album was my first Metallica album. album. Huh? Yeah, so then I became, you know, I had to start backwards, you know. And then uh, when I heard Rust in Peace uh, yesterday, it reminded me, I'm just like, it reminded me of high school, because that's, that's when, I, when I heard this album. And uh, it was just, it was like one good song after the other. And Hangar 18 was like my favorite song at the time, because I was also watching Headbangers Ball, and they were, oh, yeah. they were doing a special from uh, Rock and Rio. Yeah. Uh, remember that because I think that was one of my first Headbangers Bowl shows I ever watched. And uh, yeah, that was, that was a cool show. And uh, just listening to this album, I'm just like, holy shit, how's this album going to be any better than Master of Puppets? Because it's just like one good song after the other. And then I put on Master of Puppets and I'm like, yeah, this, I'm sorry. It, it is better than Rust in Peace. It's just one song after the other. Like the, as soon as battery starts, that that acoustic intro is so catchy, and it's just I don't know. It's just uh, every song is just so catchy. Even the thing that should not be the, the song that people hate so much, which I don't understand why. I even think that's a good song. And then this album's also got uh, what we were talking about before. Oh, Disposable Heroes, the, the best metal yeah. song ever. You know, it's a great song. Say it again. That is a great song. There's a lot of great songs on there. There is. The whole album. Yeah. It's just, it's a timeless album. Yeah. That. As soon as you, you, you hear it, it puts you into that, that, uh, that time period, you know, even though I didn't listen to them back then, but just, you know, put you back into that time. No matter how much I, I say that I, I'm metallic it out, I would always listen to that record. Yeah. Yeah. You can't and enjoy it, you know. See, for me, it would be Ride the Lightning. And, uh, you know, I'm very critical of this record, but uh, a lot of people mistake that and think, I don't like it. It's it's not bad. It's a good album. I understand why people like it so much. I don't like it as much primarily because it's more accessible. Like Troy was saying, I appreciate more the musicianship, and Rust in Peace has that in spades. Now, for me, I didn't get into any of this shit because I'm younger than you guys until the late 90s, early 2000s. And my buddy gave me actually Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets at the same time. But I listened to Ride the Lightning first. Great album, totally life-changing. When I put this one on, I still like the songs, but formula-wise, as far as fast song, you know, Next song's the title track that's a little bit more epic. Then you got a slightly heavier one, and then the ballad, and very similar that way. But uh, then the solo, 
Well, I still like Kirk's solos on this record. They're pretty good, but... um, This is when he could still play good. Now he just... Yeah. With a wah-wah, it's very annoying. Uh, just the riffs and the different parts, I didn't care as much for on this. They were more uh, repetitive, and I understand it because, I mean, it makes it a monster. It connected with a lot more people than other thrash albums did because of that. It's not bad. It's catchy. It's just I don't feel it as life-changing or as good as other albums like Rust in Peace. It just doesn't have all those elements for me. There are some songs that are great. Battery and a Master of Puppets, and I also do like the thing that should not be. The only song I really out like don't outright don't like on this record is Sanitarium. No! It is... You are fired. Greg is gone, everybody. It's Greg's last show. <laughs> yeah. You know why? You know why they got nominated for a Grammy because of shit like that song. Now fade to black, awesome. Everything about it, awesome. Sanitarium retread, and not as good. Oh please! I was gonna say that one's probably better than fade to black. No. Come on. No, sir. Really? Fade to black or Sanitarium, Troy? They're two, they're, they're, even though they're similar in the sense that they're both ballads per se, I don't know. So, wow. Fate to Black is more epic sounding. I'll give it that. But Sanitarium is just fantastic as well. They're both yeah. fantastic, but I think yeah. Fate to Black it. ends more epically. Right. Than I love the ending to that. Yeah. It does. But um, Sanitarium is awesome. You can't bash that, Greg. Oh, man. It, it, <laughs> goes, it really goes nowhere, though. I mean, it's just not all that great. The, the riffs aren't. I mean, the, the lyrics are memorable. It's uh, You can groove to it, but just because it's accessible doesn't mean it's a great song. It's better than what a lot of other bands were doing, but, I mean... Knowing what they could do and then what they were doing here, they just they were losing their edge. Whatever. <laughs> I know Wayne and I don't want to hear that. But <laughs> but, but mo most people don't, but that's just that's how I feel about it. But again, I wanna say I don't think it's a bad record. I, I, I do agree with you that they were losing their edge, but not on that record. I, I, I would be like black album. I mean, even though black album is so huge, and it if is. you look at the if you look at the uh, the structure of the songs, they're great songs. They're fantastic songs, but it isn't the Metallica that got there. You know, the, the Metallica that rose up and and created this huge following, and you know these diehard fans. That wasn't the same band playing to those people it was it was just it was restructured differently and they took a lot of um a lot of insight from bob rock at that time and they took how long was it, a year and a half to make that record or something yeah. like that yeah long time and it's a great record it is a great record not you know like it's not my favorite <laughs> not even by far but it is a great record and it sold so many and you know and they were trying to you know, relive that success on future records and they failed, they flunked because it just, they couldn't, they couldn't capture that chemistry they had for that record. But nonetheless, I, I heard that record. I was even at Madison Square Garden for the listening party of that record. 
And I was just like, nah, I mean, it's Metallica, cool. You know, maybe it'll be heavier next time or whatever. You know, I was younger with that, and I was just like, it's still cool. Didn't they fool you? (laughs) Yeah, they fooled me, all right, because I was like, what the hell is this? When Load came out, I was like, this is a load of crap. That was like a common joke amongst a number of my friends and other people that, you know, I knew in the music, you know, music field. And I just didn't, I didn't, I was like, what are they doing? You know, mm-hmm. but there are some songs here and there and all their releases that are, are good. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that it's not like, it's only the main ingredient. It's like, kind of like people that, you know, like when you look at people that are so successful, like they're so wealthy and they have, you know, multi-million dollar house and they have, you know, like a, a Ferrari or Lamborghini and, you know, what got them there? How did they get there? Yeah. You know, because there's certain key elements, key, you know, that um, key elements in why they got there. And part of it is because of who they are, mm-hmm. right? And, and what type of drive they have. And it's very difficult when you have nothing to get something. It's, you have a drive. Right. You know, there's some people that'll be like, nah, I'm cool. I'm just going to hang out, chill, have some drinks or whatever. And there's people that they're working around the clock to get to that next level and to get to that next level. It's the same logic with bands. They get to a certain point, they get, they're rich. They're multi-millionaires. Right. They get lazy. They don't have to do it. Lazy. They, you know, and they don't have the, the same type of drive that they once had. Now it's a job. They have to earn, they have to earn a living. Metallica, you know, when they were touring Master of Puppets and the first three records, a lot of the times, they, you know, maybe not Master of Puppets per se, but the first two for sure, they had problems. Like, you know, like they had to sleep in the van at times, yeah. you know, more so on Kill Em All than Ride the Lightning, but they had to sleep in the van. They had to eat, you know, hot dogs, you know, like yeah. beans, hot dogs and beans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But obviously when, you know, when they got to the point where, they had food catered and you know it changes things yeah well, you know well the things they would write about it kind of like you know what, what am i going to write about now you know because they, they're not struggling through anything anymore really right so they have to do what i do and that's just keep it as a hobby yeah <laughs> so that way i have my regular job i pay the bills or whatever and then i perform and it's all for the love of the art and then it, that keeps things fresh you see that's key so I'll never ever ever become famous mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's, that's what happens yeah that's impossible for them though because they go on tour for like three i know i know that's insane they make so much money too it's it's it's, it's incredible and they don't even, even need it. they don't even need it no. well everybody needs money but you know they really don't need to do it but they still do it because they love doing it you know or do they not have anything else to do and they don't know what else they, they do. are they are um they are fantastic with touring Right. You know, they're, they're hard work. They, they, they've never really lost that, that part of the work ethic. Yeah. But it's just the hunger that got them there. They're not hungry anymore. Yeah, no, it's gone. It's gone. And it shows in the music. Yeah. It's a shame. But yeah, What are you going to do? Everybody gets old and, you know, everything changes. You watch it, Wayne. Well, not as old, <laughs> <laughs> not as, old as me. <laughs> Everybody's done with music by then. I know. I know, right? And I'm just starting. Yeah. You go figure that. <laughs> Middle and never. I know, right? So now I have to do it until I'm 70. There you go. Rolling Stones is still doing it, right? Oh, I don't want to do that. I want to relax, you know? <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, so it's all good. 
Oh, so uh, actually, Over, uh, overall, which which one are we all saying? Which one is a? Uh, I'm going with Master Puppets. Greg, Rust in Peace. Yeah, he's what? he's a Megadeth boy. Yeah, really? Yeah, not even close. I'm gonna say Master Puppets, yeah. and I'm a Megadeth boy. Big fan of Megadeth, more so than Metallica, but object objectively. Master of Puppets, nothing can touch that. No. In that time period, nothing. Wow. Musically, Megadeth, musically Megadeth, but you know, more more memorable, Metallica. I mean, 80, 86, I would take Rain and Blood over Master of Puppets without a problem, too. That's, a, that's another great record. See, there's a lot of great bands, a lot of great records. I mean, we could look at Testament. I mean, my heart lies uh, yeah. in... Stop right there. <laughs> you don't like Testament? Not really. What? <laughs> then, then you don't like Forbidden or Violence? I love Forbidden. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, uh, Testament's first three albums are the only ones I really like. Well, I like Demonic and Low as well, but um, I just... Uh, they weren't that great compared to pretty much every other band. <laughs> now they're amazing. <laughs> um, That's just my opinion. I think they're just off the chart now. But you but, know, if I if I had to pick a favorite thrash band, it'd probably be Coroner, and that's going to be weird to pretty much anybody. Coroner, wow, dude, they're uh, they're a great band. I'm not going to I'm not going to deny that. But Bay Area thrash, I'm a Bay Area thrash Bay Area thrash boy right here. Sorry. Yeah, and a few, and a few select from New York, New Jersey, like Overkill, Anthrax, but yeah. an Anthrax, I'm Anthraxed out, kind of a little bit, but still, you know, they still kind of hold the torch for me, you know. But Overkill is a great band too, and uh, Nuclear Assault, Nuclear Assault, oh yeah, yeah. So you have a few, a few, uh, from yeah, New Jersey, uh, also Bay Area though. Uh, I don't know if you like them as much as I do, but Laws Rocket. Not crazy about them. They're okay. I've got a Laws Rocket tattoo. I love them. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. Where? Where? <laughs> on uh, on my leg. Oh, okay. That's cool. What about Death Angel? Death Angel's another great band. Yeah, Death Angel's good. Really I like them band. a lot. Yeah. Till, still to this day, they're great. They're like... I remember yeah. there was a point with Death Angel, they... Uh, it was after Act Three. Act Three was their most commercial record, and mm -hmm. uh, Marcus Squader went back to school, and he decided, you know, he decided to leave the band, go back to school. So what does what does Death Angel do? They form the organization named after one of their popular songs off of Act Three, and I saw them as the organization where um, the guitar player, what's his name offhand, I forgot his name, but he 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 be he became the singer. And he's the same singer in a room with a room with a view, which was like their ballad. And mm. so he, uh, Rob, Rob Cavistan, Rob Cavistani, something like that, right? Rob. Yeah. But so anyway, he's playing. Uh, I, I went to see them play at a, a small club. There was literally like less than a handful of people there, like I, including me, probably less than five people. And it was so, I was bad. Like I, I didn't, I, I bought the record. Um, it was called the organization. I think they had one record, maybe two. Uh, I have to look that up, but definitely one. And it was bad. 
it was just not good at all. And I'd never forget, I was like, I was so let down because I had seen Death Angel, right? During Act 3, was forbidden through, uh, what was it? Um, what was that record with Infinite on? Um, uh, what's that name? Uh, forbidden? No, the, yeah, it was there, what, that third record? It's the green, the green and lime color Twi- record. Twi- twisted into form. Twisted in form. That's twisted into form. The right? second record, yeah. I saw that double header at Sundance, another fantastic show, like killer, killer. And then all of a sudden now I see Death Angel minus Marcus Cueto. And I'm like, what is this? Like, I was so disappointed. But they reformed, right? A few years later, Mark came back in the band and they started putting out records again. And they're great. They're great. They're a fantastic band. Fantastic. And Flotsam but they're not from Bay Area or they're from uh, Arizona. Flotsam. Great. I'm trying to get them on the show. Flotsam. Yes. Nice. Eric, Eric AK is my hero. <laughs> I love Eric AK. Yeah, I'm He's trying fantastic. To, I'm trying to get one of them. Nobody's responding to me to, on uh, Facebook to my emails. So. No? No. I got to get to them somehow. You probably, you, you would either probably best off either getting the guitar player, what's his name, Mike or Eric AK. Yeah, I'm friends with Eric on Facebook, so I'll have to, uh, I'll have to try him. Eric would probably be a good choice. He responds. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see he talks a lot. He does. So, because they got a new album coming out, is it December or next year? Uh, it was supposed to be this month, actually. Oh, okay. It was supposed to be, but it might be January now. Oh, okay. I don't think it's out yet. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm. Oops. Oops. I moved everybody. Because I haven't seen any of the promo list yet. They were they had a, a little down period, Flotsam, and when they came back, a little, uh, yeah. <laughs> they um they when they came back, they had a, a, a self produced album. I forget the name of the record. It was a few albums ago. Ugly noise. Was that it? That was it. Yeah. Right, and what it, it had no label at first. I have I have one of the first pressings yeah, where they, the they did it themselves. Yeah, yep, on the page. pledge. Right, that's right. And I was like, yeah, this is you know, it's pretty good. It's it's really hard to top No Place for Disgrace. Really, it's really hard to top that. It's not a thrash album. No, um, but like I do have... Like, uh, like, kind of like Drift. Yes, yeah. but I, I still, seeing them live, and it was just a great a great experience. They're I an think awesome it, band. They are. They're an incredible they, band. But they never, they seem to be thrash for a few albums, and they go... <laughs> rock thing and then they go back to thrash and they go back to rock they, they kind of like mix it a lot and that's why I think that's what hurts them a lot too you know they don't stay in that one not that oh, they have no. to but no no know, they don't stay in that one path still a great band though and um, you know a lot of these bands they, they tend to play um, you know uh, they're playing the crowds for the nostalgia per- you know the nostalgia factor mm. but then you know they do this two, three years. And then it, people are like, okay, I don't want to see them anymore because right. they don't have anything new coming out yeah. that is, you know, getting the, the, the taste buds going, you know, right. so to speak. But that's tough. That's hard. And when you hear bands like that, that say, oh, we're never going to put music out, like Kiss, for example, we're not putting new music anymore because it's just, you know, it's just pointless. Hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's pointless if you can't write good music. Right. If you can't make a good album, it makes no sense. Yeah, that's, that's and that's kind of like where they were at, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I mean, what was the last really good record for Kiss? In your opinion, yeah, because you're a you're a big Kiss fan. Uh, I actually like Psycho Circus. It's okay. 
It's okay. It's okay. I think that's the last one I bought, actually. <laughs> it's yeah. an acceptable kiss album, you know. Um, it's all right. But before, yeah. that, before that, Revenge. Revenge was, yeah, I think that was like the last. And I even like the, uh, what's, what's the other one? The one that's kind of like grungy. Um, shit, Carnival of Souls. Yes, yeah. We went from Megadeth versus Metallica to Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Kiss, Vinnie Vincent, he's making a comeback. Yep, I as, saw. As a man or a woman? I don't know. As a shim, I don't know. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I loved Vinnie Vincent. I thought he was great. And uh, Vinnie Vincent's Invasion. Oh, yeah. For the brief too. moment, you too, Greg. For the brief moment that he performed, I enjoyed it. He's like hairband and all that. I'm not really into hairbands, but... I love Vinnie Vincent. I thought it was great. I thought it was just, yeah. you know, he's a great player. and He wrote some really good songs, too, man. There's good stuff did. on those Invasion records. Uh, the first one's my favorite, but both of them were really good. And uh, yeah, Re Revenge is a good album, but the last great album they did was easily Lick It Up. He wrote he Lick It Up. Yeah. He wrote it. He wrote it. <laughs> he wrote one of their anthems, you know? like yeah. I mean, co-wrote it. But he really wrote it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? But it was just, I don't know. When, when, when Lick It Up came out, I was like, wow, Kiss is back. Yeah. Kiss, I mean, I was such a huge Kiss fan and then so disappointed. And then re reinvigorated again, you know? I just, this, oh, this is going to be great, you know? And then Animalize came out. It was really good. And then what's the next one? Where they were all pink and neon. Asylum. And Asylum. It was, uh, I was like, what is this? This is like, oh, no tears are falling. You're like, what is that? I hate that song. No, it's catchy. Yeah. Not as much as, ugh, all night, though. That is one of the worst songs ever written. <laughs> that yes. is, uh, let's put the X in sex is terrible. Let's put the X in, oh, my God. That is the worst song written. <laughs> yeah. time. It is. That, that haunts but me. the girls loved it. The girls loved it. Let's face it. Not the guy. I have a feeling Troy's covered that song at some point because no. of the girl. <laughs> Never have. Never have. I'm just observant. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, yeah, and Crazy Nights and all that great. <laughs> there. Um, crazy Nights. One thing I will say for that record, though, there's like two or three tracks on there that Bruce had a real big hand in writing, and uh, they're not that bad. He gets in some really good riffs on them and some guitar playing. He's such a good guitar player. Yeah. I feel like he's a very good guitar player. Actually, somebody I work with, uh, she was, she's actually friends with him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they went to high school with each other. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so Small they, world. Yeah. So when Kiss comes to Jones Beach, she always gets the, you know, in the back or whatever. God knows what she does back there. <laughs> oh, man. I, I always loved Vinnie Vincent, though. Yeah. So Vincent. I'm glad he's back. I just hope he's not the same crazy person he was as an individual uh, in the past. Well, you saw, you saw the, some of the uh, footage of him at one of those uh, – Kiss conventions, right? You saw that. That's why you made the comment you made, right? right yeah, there. yeah. Because that was like, I was like, I was a little, I was confused. I'm sure, just as you, Wayne, you saw that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so you were probably a little confused, scratching your head, like, what's, uh, like, what's yeah. going, like, what's happening here, what like, what's going on? I, yeah, I, I don't know. 
And people but, actually asked him, and he's not answering the question, which you know is understandable. You don't want to, you know, say everything. But. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, you know, he spent he spent a lot of time being obscure, and uh, you know, he ran a forum about himself that I was a member of with some other people for a while, and then uh, ripped off fans and stuff by never really selling or releasing the music and taking things to autograph. Oh, I read about that. Yeah, and not returning them. So he's burned some serious bridges by doing that shit. But I think people are willing to give him a chance as long as he actually gets out there and plays music. He should give everybody back their money or give them what they bought. Yep. That's that's something to think about. Or give them their items back that he was going to sign and return that they paid that for. Too. Buying, yeah, that, you know? that too. Yeah. I don't know. People are crazy. <laughs> freaking musicians. You can't trust any of them. No, you can't. But he had a couple meltdowns, man. Like Troy was saying during the tours when he'd do the extra long guitar solos. I mean, I'll give it to him. He totally had a point because Gene and Paul treated him like shit. Like I've read about it and it <laughs> was not very kind. They also restrained him as a player. Oh, they totally because, did. Because you could hear what he did in Invasion versus what – it was like – it was a lot different. Mm-hmm. It was definitely heavier and more progressive. But yeah. it was much more restrained in Kiss. But, hey, you know, he was Kiss member for how many and years? That, so. Yeah, and that, but that's why people speculate that uh, certain songs from Animal Eyes may have had something to do with them. But, um, well – I mean, he seems to have made up with Gene, so maybe now you'll find out the real story at some point. But whatever the, you know, Gene owns all the publishing rights and shit, so unless he wants you to know he had something to do with that, you're never going to find it. <laughs> Nobody bought that uh, that Gene Simmons thing, the uh, that demo box set that he has out? I did. I did. Nah, not kidding. <laughs> Which the one where he comes to your house and signs everything for what ten thousand dollars? No, I, I don't have that type of money to, oh to do that. Yeah, that's. And the I wouldn't great. give that son of a bitch monopoly money <laughs> to come to my house and sign stuff, much less ten thousand dollars. I'll tell you what, though, there are some hardcore Kiss fans out there. I bet you somebody did it. Someone bought it. <laughs> it flies to your house. Crazy. All right, I think we're done for tonight, right? Yeah. How to talk with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, Troy, you got your, uh, your some of your tour dates uh, up already, right? For my tour dates, or yeah, or these guys' tour dates? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's nine. Uh, from what I understand, there's about twenty, wow. but uh, there's nine so far, and I'm just this is just like Europe, so. Yeah. Nothing in the U.S. or Canada yet. I don't know. KK's going to have to, like, hit the treadmill and just, like, I don't know, go full force soon. I have to wake him up. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) He's not going to be happy, Greg. I I, I know that, but when you said – uh, KK, who's got to hit the treadmill, and you're talking in the third person. It just reminded me of that episode of Seinfeld where that dude's in the gym. Jerry's got to hit the treadmill. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
he'll 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 take some KK spray. That's right. KK. Yeah, that's his energy drink, and then he'll uh, he'll he'll be good to go. <laughs> Very cool. All right, that's it, everybody, and uh, have a good Thanksgiving. Have a medal. Never metal Thanksgiving. Anyway. Metal Thanksgiving. I don't usually do that. Don't eat, don't eat too much, but eat enough. <laughs> Watch out for that trip to fan, that turkey. Put you right to sleep. Oh, yeah. 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 Turkey coma. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on Facebook Live for our first show on Facebook Live. Maybe we'll do a couple more on here. Um, yeah, why not? Just I'll broadcast this on YouTube. And, you know, uh, actually, what I did the other day just to see what would happen if people would actually watch it. I played our last week's show on YouTube almost all day. And then I played it on Twitch for the rest of the day just to see people watch. But I didn't get too many watchers or anything. But we do have a couple more uh, subscribers on YouTube. You so know, I, 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 I have an idea. Maybe we could play some, uh, we could play some games. We could if play, we play, if we get, no, if we play games, maybe we'll increase the, uh, the amount of people that watch it. We could. Because <laughs> that's what it seems like. A lot of that goes on on, the, on Twitch. Did you ever see well, the video? Did you ever see the video where this guy was broadcasting on Twitch, but he was broadcasting a uh, boxing match, and no. he pretended he was playing. No. He had the controller in his hand, and he was pretending he was playing the boxing match so he wouldn't get in trouble for broadcasting. No way. Yeah. <laughs> that is hysterical. It is pretty funny. You just see him sitting there, and the guys are you know doing that stuff, and it's it's pretty funny. Anyway. Well, I think I still have a Sega Genesis hanging around. <laughs> well, I was actually referring to uh, like hardcore PC gamers. Uh, they, they stream their performance. Yeah. Oh, not, sorry, they stream their game while they're playing, and they talk. They talk to other people, and people like they they you know they go on Twitch and they watch this. Yeah. And some of these guys, I mean, I don't know if you you know, but some of them they they their job is is streaming on Twitch. Yeah, they oh, yeah. They make, they make a lot of money. crazy, crazy money. Like, like so one guy makes like $10,000 a month just playing games, like five or six days a week. If I didn't, Isn't that insane? If I didn't have a kid, that would be me. That would be you, yeah. yeah. But then you, would, you wouldn't be married. My wife likes games too. So oh, okay. Well, maybe, maybe you'll be all right. It'll be okay then. She can have her Twitch channel. I'd have mine. We'd both be making millions. <laughs> that's cool yeah, right. alright so happy Thanksgiving everybody thanks for watching happy turkey day happy turkey day and we'll see you all next week yeah. oh uh, we're doing behemoth uh, behemoth we do behemoth now right behemoth yeah, yeah. new behemoth I think Wayne almost said bohemian rhapsody I, that's what I thought he was going yeah. for <laughs> he said bohemoth See ya. See ya. Peace. Peace out. She is the daughter of the devil.